So you want to ride my butt racer? <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> oh, Mr. Jaja Beaks. Mr. Ticker, you're doing all the talking. Hello, Addy. Two on one. A fantasy football podcast. With your host, Steven Bautista. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Two on One, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Steven Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everybody's best friend, Dominic Rickard. Week 7 NFL action was a bizarre week of upsets and huge misses. Speaking of misses, Justin Tucker missed a PAT for the first time in his NFL career. The guy's been in the league for seven years. With that missed PAT, the Ravens were not able to force overtime with the Saints and ended up losing 24-23. to What in the world is going on with Saxonville? They lost three straight games in a row, the most recent loss being to the division rival Houston Texans. Things got so bad Sunday against the Texans that Blake Bortles was benched for Cody Kessler, which was not much of an upgrade. And we also saw the Bengals be humiliated by the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes led the way to a 45-10 route on Sunday Night Football and officially put the league on notice. The Chiefs are for real and they're Super Bowl contenders. On the injury front this week, we lost Beast Mode, who was put on IR because of a groin injury. And I really hope that's not the last time we get to see him play. Sony Michelle's MRI on his knee this week came back negative, which is good news for owners, but he is listed week to week. And lastly, LaShawn McCoy is also in the concussion protocol and has not practiced this week. So owners, make sure you look out for that. Dominic, this one's for you, man, because you're a Leonard Fournette uh, believer. Is he really affecting the Jaguars this much, or is it a combination of Blake Bortles and the defense maybe not playing as well? I definitely think, number one, it's the defense not playing up to expectations. You know, Ramsey's talked a lot of crap this year, and he even his play hasn't been backing it up. And then I think it is Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles. So they paid him, and they know they know what they were getting. I, I don't like the fact that they benched him. I mean, I know they had to send a message, but he is who he is. And, and benching him just kind of, you know, takes you, – you guys paid him. So treat him as a, a quarterback that you paid and give him the, this, you know, one game he was doing bad and just give him the reins a little bit more because all that is going to do is affect his confidence. But – I definitely don't don't think it's uh, one thing, but a combination of all three things. Well, I think it's weird to take Blake Bortles out and then try to figure out who you're going to start for this week and then go back to Blake Bortles. If you're going to make that change, make the change, you know, and, and give right. Cody Kessler a shot. Don't just put him in for a half when the game's already kind of out of hands and, and he, you're not going to win anyway. And then, you know, kind of just go back to it. I don't know. It just, like Dominic saying, it, it just kind of takes some of the, the confidence, I think, it, that the the staff has in Blake Bortles away and maybe take some of his confidence away too. But I don't know, at the other end of the spectrum, like him earning it back maybe this week, you know, is a good thing. And sitting, you know, maybe was what he needed to turn it all around. No, I agree with that, man. I, I think that if you're going to pull him, then you got to make sure that that's what you're going to do. And you just give Cody Kessel the job, at least see what he's capable of. But to just give it back to Burroughs like that, then what was the point of that? I mean, I guess maybe just for confidence. I mean, I, I really don't know. Dominic, give us your quick hits this week. NFL quick hits. All right, so my quick hits this week, I'm focusing on four of the top running backs that were drafted in fantasy football. Uh, the first three I want to talk about are David Johnson, Shaquan Barkley, and Zeke Elliott and their inefficiencies in the red zone. 
Combined, those three have 45 carries for 104 yards and 11 touchdowns total for all three of those running backs. And then I want to compare him to Todd Gurley. Himself, he's got 43 carries for 124 yards and again, 11 touchdowns. So basically, Todd, Todd Gurley is producing the same as those three. So Tommy, I think this applies to your quick hits. But before I let you go, I want to get Steve's opinion on it. My question to you, Steve, is do you think in each individual case, it's the offensive coordinator, the team as a whole in general, or the player just isn't living up to our expectations? I think it's a team in general. With Gurley, he has the advantage of having a lot of weapons. You know, they got Robert Woods. They had Cooper Cup uh, for a while. And then they also have uh, uh, Brandon Cooks. So I think that when with the other guys, Saquon Barkley is pretty much that whole team. They have Odell Beckham, but unless you're throwing fades to him on the on the goal line, it's going to be they're knowing it's going to be Barkley. And then same thing with DJ, just has a, a horrible offensive line. So I don't think they can push anybody. So I definitely think it's more team. A little bit, you know, Sean McVay also being a really good offensive coordinator, but um, definitely, I think it's the team. What do you think, Tommy? I think the <laughs> offensive line actually has a, a lot to do with the difference between Gurley and those other three running backs. I mean. I think it's pretty obvious how bad Arizona's offensive line is, and that's definitely playing into DJ's DJ's lack of production. But you know, I think a lot of it too is the coordinators and how they use they're using these players. Like I mentioned, Tommy, I know that might lead into your quick hits. What do you got for this week? One thing I've been noticing this season so far is how some of the game's best talent are not performing to their potential, like we we're just talking about. You know, while some less talented players are thriving. And it really got me looking at play callers and, and offensive coordinators. You know, we have the ones on the top of the list with Sean McVay, like you're saying, Steve, Andy Reid. And then I think it's a tie between like Sean Payton and then maybe Bill Belichick slash Josh McDaniels, you know, and it's maybe it's no coincidence that these guys are also the head coaches of their respective teams, but they're doing what it takes, you know, from scheme and play calling standpoint to give their teams the best opportunity to put points on the board and using the talent on the roster to, to the best of their capabilities. You know, I've talked about the Rams and the Chiefs on here before, and I believe the reason they're successful this season is because they're taking those risks to be more innovative and better prepared offensively. Besides DJ's lack of offensive line, that's basically the reason why that offense coordinator got fired because he wasn't doing, you know, Mike McCoy wasn't doing what he needed to do to make his team successful. And you know, on the flip side, you, you know, of all those great offense coordinators, you have guys like Mike McCoy got fired. You have Pat Shermer in New York, you know, who can't figure it out. So even though the passing game opened up a little bit last week for, for the Giants, you know, what I'm seeing for them is just, is, I don't know. It, all these guys are not living up to their capabilities so far. And I think the offense coordinators or the play callers in some cases are just not doing their job, which I don't understand. I feel like we see it every week and, Dom, you mentioned it before, how simple it is to just call different plays to mix it up a little bit, especially with David Johnson, and get him out in space. Yeah, dude, definitely. I agree with that. All right, guys, so let's move on. So we got really good feedback on Dominic's uh, new segment that debuted last week. Uh, it's called, Whoa, check out this poll, man. Uh, Nostradamus still may reappear like Dave Chappelle, but Dom, what do you have for once this week? Yeah, so my poll question this week I asked the, the league and I actually got a 100% response, so I'm happy about that. The question was, halfway through the fantasy season, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing before the draft, what would it be and why? So myself and Art had the answer that I thought was going to be the most popular. I think a lot of fantasy owners would tell themselves the same thing, but maybe 
the other guys didn't choose it just because it is so obvious. We both said draft Mahomes because he's the truth. You probably could have got him in the fourth or fifth round easily and he would make your season for you. Then, uh, Vince, Vince, because he had Mahomes, I thought he'd have a different advice and, and he did. He said, stick to your initial strategy, which is kind of what Aaron Rapoli said too. He said, trust your gut and don't let draft rankings or drafting order by other league mates affect the evaluation on your guys. And Tommy, I think you and, and Steve are probably the two best at having your draft board and doing this. And so I think Vince and, and Aaron wish they didn't get affected like, like they did. And some of the mishaps in their team are, are that way. Then Matt's uh, answer was he'd tell himself Vince was going to take Kamara at seventh. He said his <laughs> overall draft strategy was evolved around Kamara at eight. And so when Vince took him at seven, he went on a little tilt. And then John said something similar. He said, do something better or do better on rounds three through seven because he's not happy with the production of those guys. And he think he could have had a different draft strategy. So all four of those guys, I think going into the draft had a mindset and maybe one or two players that they thought were, you know, the, the right people to take. But I think Tommy, like I mentioned, and you and Steve, I think you guys have three guys, the guy you want, and then two guys to the left of that guy and two guys to the right of that guy, whether it be running back or receiver. And you try to stick within that window. So I think it's, it's a good to talk about draft strategy and, and going in being a little bit more prepared in the draft. And then finishing up, Tommy, your, your advice or to yourself would be, don't do a no zero running back strategy. Just a note so everybody knows what you're talking about. You drafted uh, AB fifth, then Michael Thomas 16th. I think you're happy with uh, both those picks, but you could have got Barkley or Gordon before, you know, before you got uh, Michael Thomas. And so you'd have AB and one of those two guys and you'd feel a lot stronger about your team. Then Steve, you said don't draft players with health concerns so high. And you were referring to Doug Baldwin. You took him 30th overall with your third pick. And you pass on guys like Hill and Juju Smith, for example. So it's, I think it's a great to hear what you'd give your advice. And we all wish we could go back and change our teams a little bit. That's kind of the poll this week. And I, I like the feedback from everybody. Well, I got to save this one for next year's draft to make sure that, you know, I listen to what I said halfway through this season and try to remember it because I'll probably like try to draft all running backs next year. Yeah, definitely Steve. no health concerns. And, uh, with Doug Baldwin, I heard about the knee and, I was like, oh, he'll be okay. He'll be okay. They're just being precautious with him. And uh, unfortunately, it did not work out. Ended up trading him. And he's just starting to get back to uh, being 100, you know, not even 100% healthy, but just starting to be productive. And it's already week eight. So, um, yeah, definitely no health concerns next year for me. And you know what I always say every year? Stick to your board. You rank those guys for a reason. That's why they're there. Stick to your rankings. I don't even care what anyone, what anyone else picks. I just stick to my rankings, especially for the first two to four rounds. But I, I think it's real interesting to hear what everyone had to say on that poll. Just to wrap it up, I think we all do the same thing where we know he's coming back around to us and we kind of go down the list and we spot that guy and we kind of home in on him. And then if that guy goes, we're like, damn it, you know, Jeff took that guy or, and so it, it does throw you off a little bit. So the more prepared you are and sticking to your board, and, and trying to minimize those situations, I think that's the way to go, and that's the mindset you have to go into the Fantasy League draft. Definitely, man. Good stuff this week, Dominic. All right, let's get into some fantasy football talk. Fantasy, fantasy. All right, let's start this week with fantasy studs. Hey, stud. My fantasy stud, uh, I have two this week. My first one is Marlon Mack. He had 19 carries for 126 rushing yards, a touchdown, two receptions, for 33 receiving yards, 
reception touchdown and two-point conversion. And also I had George Kittle with five receptions on nine, uh, with 98 receiving yards, a touchdown off of eight targets. Tommy, uh, do you think that Marlon Mack can continue this kind of production? I think so. I think uh, it looks like the Colts are kind of trending up as far as, you know, getting their shit together this uh, halfway through the season. And Andrew Luck's coming back and he's healthy and he's playing well. And, uh, and, and T.Y. Hilton's back and also playing well. So, yeah, I think uh, Marlon Mack can keep it up. He definitely was the talk of the team before the draft. And I think he's really uh, coming into his own. Yeah, I really liked him this week. Uh, I was so impressed with the burst and the way he ran hard. I mean, he runs like a, a bigger back, you know, because I mean, yeah. he's kind of a smaller guy, but he runs really hard. And 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 uh, I was really impressed. I mean, I was really impressed. And I think he's going to there's a reason why they were hyping him up so much. And he I think he should proved it. Kind of reminds me of uh, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb a little bit. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, my fantasy studs for or stud for this week is uh, John Brown, Smokey Brown. Uh, he finished the day with 26 fantasy PPR points, coming off of seven targets with seven receptions at a hundred percent catch rate. That came off of uh, 134 yards and one touchdown. So I couldn't wait to drop Willie Sneed and pick up John Brown. I was trying to right after the game, but the stupid app wouldn't let me do it. I don't know <laughs> if you guys had that problem before. Yeah. Because uh, it said they just played that day. So as soon as right. I got up Monday morning, I added him because, woo, doggy, that dude can run. And uh, his matchups the rest of the year are mostly all green and yellow against soft pass defenses. So uh, thanks, Steve, for uh, for dropping him. You're welcome. <laughs> kind of regretting that one now, but eh, it is what it is. It is what it Dom, is. I'll take it. <laughs> Dom, who do you got this week? On a follow-up to that, before I get into my stud, who do you think's higher right now? Do you think Calvin Ridley with a couple of pedestrian performances? You know, he had those two monster games with the touchdowns or John Brown. I mean, I feel like those guys were both trending up, but I have Ridley on my team, but I- I'm thinking more happy on Brown right now. Yeah, John Brown all the way, man. I mean, he, he, I think he, he may be Flacco's number one target. I know Crabtree gets a lot of, uh, receptions because more of a possession receiver, but uh, yeah, I think he has the way he has a lot more explosion. The only thing that concerns me about John Brown is I think Flacco at some times was not going to throw the ball as much. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's my only concern with that. But I mean, that he has this kind of potential, which is pretty cool. Yeah, especially compared to Matt Ryan. You know, uh, Matt's definitely going to throw the ball a lot more. But John Brown doesn't have someone like Julio Jones uh, and even Mohamed Sanu, which are, you know, right. clear like one number two type players. And then, but I think John Brown's still a little bit boomer bust. Uh, I think he's kind of taking that same role that he had in. In Arizona, uh, was it two years ago? But at this point in the season, I, I think he's a good person to pick up, especially, you know, compared to Willie Sneed. You know, I thought I was like, oh, Willie Sneed week last week. And that was stupid. So uh, I was really quick to, to drop Willie for, for an upgrade at Brown. On Willie, though, you know, that was the first game all year that he's played that he had under 10 uh, PPR points. Yeah, so true. That was, that was weird. Like, I bet, I mean, he killed a bunch of DFS lineups, but. Um, with that last uh, last game, but he's had a pretty good year. He's been pretty productive. I think it was maybe just a, a, a bad game for him. Well, so far, none of these like revenge games have really done anything. You know, right. like, uh, Beast Mode didn't do anything against, uh, against Seattle. So It's the curse of the commissioner. He's on Tommy's team, and he started him. <laughs> it's going to go downhill now. Of course. So yeah. my stud for the week is uh, uh, it's a surprising one to me, but I got to talk about it. Sorry, Steve. Denver's defense. I know Matt picked them up and played them against you and they haven't Maybe looked great since, since the first week, but they scored 36 fantasy points from your defense. I mean, that's the highest game. Highest total for the year, I think on a defense. For the year, definitely. They had what, uh, 
their highest before that was 16 points and their lowest was five. So who would have predicted 36 coming out? They had 10 points allowed, six sacks, three interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and two defensive TDs. I think one of those was a blocked punt, but that counts as a defensive TD in our, in our system. And I, that was my, my dud of, or my stud of the week. Who do you got for dud, Steve? <laughs> you got the dud! Uh, I have two duds this week. Uh, the first one is Eric Ebron. Uh, Jack Doyle isn't back yet, so I was expecting uh, another big performance from him, but he only had three receptions uh, with 31 receiving yards on seven targets, especially disappointing because the Colts routed the Bills, so I, you would have thought he would have had a little bit more production. And my second guy uh, is a guy I had, and I think a lot of people had and started and, and were really looking forward to him and how he performed again, was Mark Ingram. He had 12 carries for 32 rushing yards, two receptions uh, with 10 receiving yards, uh, now, I will say, you know, he's going to be splitting the carries with Kamara. And I think in this game, you know, they were playing a pretty good defense and the game script kind of got away. So they kind of fell behind a little bit. So they had to throw the ball a little bit more. So um, maybe it's just a bad game, but um, hopefully he bounces that back pretty quick. This right. is what we were worried about, you know, with Kamara and Ingram the whole time. And, you know, Steve, moving forward, do you have any reservations continuing to start Ingram? Well, I kind of do. It depends. I have three pretty good receivers in Landry. Hilton and Sanders. And so, you know, I may be able to just play my two running backs, which is Barkley and Melvin Gordon, which are pretty good. So we'll just have to see. I'm definitely going to look at the matchups more now with Ingram. Um, but at the same, I mean, the floor is what, 10 points, maybe nine points for Ingram, but the potential is there that he's got a high ceiling. So, you know, it's a, it's a question I think all Mark Ingram owners are asking themselves is how much is Kamar going to take away from him? And also, I think what's really throwing a wrench in everything is this uh, Hill quarterback. Yep. And what's his Taysom name? Taysom Hill. Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. I mean, I think he's poaching freaking touchdowns from Kamara and and Ingram and also Drew Brees because Drew Brees isn't throwing the ball as much on the goal line yeah. anymore. Right. So, Yeah, and uh, I saw on Twitter they had him listed as a quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, fullback, flex, and maybe a kicker too. So he plays everything. Like, does Sean Payton not realize we need these fantasy <laughs> points? I mean, just come on, man. So frustrating. That's his new toy is this, uh, this huge, gigantic, uh, they called him a Thor to back to that he looks like Thor. Um, but yeah, Taysom Hill coming out of nowhere. I mean, that's totally throwing a wrench in the whole Saints offense and, and, and fantasy production. You know, they're still winning games, but like you're saying, Steve, it's just killing us for fantasy. Who do you have so, this week, Tommy, for your duds? So my dad this week was Zeke Elliott. And I think I just talked about him recently having a really good week. So, you know, real disappointing day with only five fantasy PPR points coming from 15 carries for only 33 yards. And he only caught two of the six targets with no TDs on the day. You know, Washington does have a stout run defense, only giving up the 10th fewest points to running backs. And clearly they were able to shut him down. But like I talked about at the beginning of the show, I'm really starting to question the play calling of some of these teams around the league. And Jason Garrett gets a lot of praise for having high high-ranked offenses in far as points and, and yards. But Des Bryant had a really good quote the other day on Twitter saying that they don't scheme right. You know, and Des never got schemed in anything. That that Des, Des's whole success in Dallas was because of him and just getting open and not because he was ever schemed into things. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to be moving forward with Amari Cooper now. You know, maybe it opens up the run the game a little bit and bounces out the play calling. But for a guy that you know, teams are expecting him to be consistently have a floor of, you know, 15 to 20 points up, you know, real disappointing day from Zeke. So uh, do you know how many targets he possibly had? Because I kind of feel like 
he's giving me the vibe of like a Jordan Howard. You know, almost like a guy that's not very good in the passing game and is really just relying on, you know, the run and how many carries he gets. And since this O-line has been playing worse, obviously because of the injuries and, um, you know, people being sick. But, you know, I, I don't know. I just I'm it, I'm very disappointed in Zeke this year. And I feel like he's trending down. And like, how, where do you draft him next year? I know it's a little right. bit soon to talk about that. But, I mean, is he a top five, top yeah, 10 running know. back? You know, it's weird. I mean, he had six targets on that day and only caught two of them. Uh, I don't know what his targets are for the year, but he's, you, you know, last year and, and, and there's a couple of games this year where he was definitely involved in the passing game and a lot of his production came from the passing game. Right. But again, coordinator, like, what are you doing? You know, and, and throw the guy some screens or something, man. That's something. The, that's made so yeah. much, uh, so much, uh, made so much stuff happened last year uh, off a of screen. So Tom, who do you have this week for duds? Yeah, my dad is a little bit off the radar, but a running back as well. And it's uh, Frank Gore. The reason he's a dud for me is we were all high praising him last week on his 101-yard performance against the Bears. And, you know, he he was playing the Detroit Lions this week. I mean, I think Patricia has that D playing tougher. But to have 10 rushes for 29 yards and one target, getting, getting an Art three points in our fantasy league, I just feel bad for Art. I mean, he's kind of hard up because of buys, and he thought he probably can get 10, 12 points out of Frank Gore starts him because we're all high on him last week and he puts up three points against a, a weaker defense. So I know, uh, Ken and Drake kind of took over on that, um, on that game, but Ken and Drake fumbled the week before on the goal line. And so you think they're still going to feed Gore. So that was my dud for the week. Not as drastic as Zeke because he's not drafted nearly as high, but you, you need some good running backs in those, in those bye weeks. And it just hurts to see our, uh, pick up a running back and struggle again. Well, and I think we had Kenyon Drake on our dead list last week, didn't we? I mean, that's yep. so that's two of the running backs in Miami, so that that's not good, you know. And regardless of wherever uh, Frank Gore's at, you know, as long as he's getting the ball, he's supposed to be productive. That's why he's been in the league so long because he's always been productive. Yeah, and I think if they when they get Tannehill back, their their offense is definitely more dynamic. Brock Osweiler had a good game two weeks ago, but was really bad this game, so that didn't help. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Miami backfield not looking trending up. All right, guys, let's uh, give uh, some free nuggets right now. Dominic, we'll start with you. Uh, give me a guy um, that you want to pick up off the waiver wire, or possibly maybe targeting a trade. Yeah, my guy to pick up this week is Raheem Mostert from the Forty ers Free nuggets. I think he was involved in that Matthew Berry uh, rant the couple of weeks ago that we mentioned on the podcast, but he's the third running back out in San Francisco. And he actually looked like the best back. Uh, Breda went out again with an ankle injury, even though he came in saying he was looking, feeling great. And, you know, I started him. He fumbled the ball, got me negative one point. And Raheem no. Mostert kind of took those, those points from him. I, I think he's available in a lot of leagues. And I actually give a shout out to Fosberg for picking him up in our league. And the only justifiable reason I think Fosberg picked him up is because I think the 49er game was on one of, you know, Fox or CBS. And so it was one of the games he had to watch. And so, you know, when you get a game that you have to watch and you see someone going off, you're like, oh, this is the man. But if you watch Red Zone, you see a little bit of everything. So I think that's what happened. And I'd like to confirm it with Vosberg that that was one of the two games that he watched that day. Because if not, I don't think him picking him up that quick would would have happened. So shout out to Vosberg for doing that. But that's my guy to pick up this week. What about you, Tommy? Well, I don't, I don't think he did. I don't think he has Red Zone. So I thought he did have Red Zone. <laughs> I'm not sure. 
thought um, you used your password, Tommy. Oh, actually, I think that's a good, yeah. But I have fake red zone, right, Dominic? So no, I have that red zone this year too. So it's the real <laughs> red zone now. Oh, that's real. Okay, cool. That's real <laughs> red zone. Uh, you know, my uh, my player worth picking up this week is uh, Danny Amendola for the Miami Dolphins. Free nuggets, uh, especially in PPR formats. For the last two weeks, he's had double digit scores in fantasy uh, with a touchdown this week, which made him a top wide receiver actually with 20 PPR points. Uh, he's quickly becoming Brock's favorite target, you know, for as long as Brock's going to be there until Ryan Tannehill comes back. But with Albert Wilson going to injury reserve this week, Danny will easily move into the Pat Lee pass catching role and, and he's still a streamer against a good matchup, you know, maybe this week against Houston. But if you do pick him up, definitely want to check who he's going to play that week. Hey, Steve, on that note, what is up with Devontae Parker? I mean, he had Landry in front of him last year, but he was trending up. And I know you had him. That's why I'm asking you. But I feel like that guy's been non-existent this year. Has he been hurt or is he just not fantasy relevant? Uh, what I did hear was uh, actually I heard it. They, it was on Twitter about the agent uh, calling out Adam Gase. Apparently, he was a healthy scratch. I think it was last week or the week before that. I, I don't know. It might be one of those situations where he probably just needs a new start somewhere else, a fresh start. Um, he's definitely got the talent. I mean, you've seen him a couple times do some magnificent things, um, catching the ball. But you know, I, I don't know, man. It's it's amazing. Maybe he's just not into that into football that much. I mean, sometimes these guys are about not about football, just what football gives them. You know, so he might be one of those guys. Um, but speaking of receivers, my pickup for the week um, is Traquan Smith. He plays for the uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, and he's now the number two receiver because Ted Ginn got put on the IR. Free nuggets. I think he's still available in our league, so it's the first guy I'm giving you guys that I haven't picked up yet. Um, but he had a good week. <laughs> he had a good week uh, two weeks ago. Uh, he had three catches for 111 yards and two TDs, and then he went on the bye. And then, so I think a lot of people forgot about him. He had an okay game against the Ravens, but that was a tough matchup, and he actually almost caught a, a touchdown pass. So I definitely think that's a guy that um, if you're needing maybe a wide receiver three or something, it's uh, definitely a guy to pick up. Another receiver off of that is that's shocking me is Cameron Meredith. I mean, I saw that guy. He looked great when he when he played for the Lion or the Bears two two years ago, and then he got hurt for a whole season last year. And I thought he was gonna Michael Thomas was gonna get double teamed, and he was gonna be the second receiver. Do you guys know anything about what's going on with him too? Is it injury? I, I mean, I think that's what they said. Relevant they as said well. that it's they said it's injury, um, and they also said like. They're probably not trying to rush him back. I think that injury that he got was pretty gruesome or that he had was pretty gruesome. So I think they're kind of easing him back, maybe not giving him the ball. And I think Traquan Smith, I mean, they did draft him this year pretty high. So, you know, maybe they're trying, they feel more comfortable with him. He's a little bit more of a dynamic, quicker uh, yep. receiver. So anybody who Drew Brees has on his team as a receiver, yeah, it's, good. it's a good thing. Yep. Good thing. All right, guys, now it's time to hang out with our favorite commish, Tommy Moe. The commissioner's corner. All right, so this week's game is based on that old Jackie Chan movie, Who Am I? Have you guys seen that one? Well, if you haven't, then you anyone listening to this, you got to go see this movie, especially if you love kung fu movies. Jackie Chan is a secret agent who gets amnesia and doesn't know why people are after him. It's very much an Asian version of the Jason Bourne movies. But this one came out first, and he has an awesomely, awesomely overacted scene. Jackie screams out, So back to the game. I'm going to present some stats on players and you have to guess who am I talking about? Sound good? 
Uh, sounds great. And by the way, when you were talking about the movie, I was like, isn't that Jason Bourne? <laughs> <laughs> it's good, Asian man. Jason Bourne. Yeah, that was good. So this one's a quarterback. Okay. He's drafted. He was drafted as a top five quarterback, but he currently sits in the quarterback 15 range. He has just under 2,000 passing yards at, at 1,937 yards with 10 touchdowns and seven inter- interceptions with only one rushing touchdown off of 216 rushing yards. Who am I? Steve, I'll let you go first. Oh, damn, that's a good one. Because I'm Googling it right now. Russell uh, Wilson? No, I'm just kidding. That's a really good guess. Uh, Who'd you say, Steve? Russell Wilson. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. Oh, both wrong. Can I have a second Sean. one? Can I have a second one? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so this could also be Aaron Rodgers if you change the touchdown to interception ratio from t- uh, to 12 to 1. Ah, so a lot shit. less interceptions yeah. and it's Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Okay, you guys give up? Yeah, I give yep. up. Deshaun Watson. Oh, wow. Damn it, that's I my quarterback. Stop. How do I have that? <laughs> 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 that's shocking. I did it's not shocking, that. right? Yeah, because I thought Russell Wilson, because um, you know he hasn't been running the ball that much, it's like a one rushing touchdown. One rushing touchdown. I, I thought he was drafted outside the top five. That's what got me. No, he was because it was uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and I think uh, Deshaun Watson was. The oh, third. oh, I thought you meant in the NFL draft. No fantasy. Yeah, Come on, my bro, my it's bad, a fantasy bro. Podcast, man. <laughs> my bad, bro. <laughs> Moving on. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. All right so we're gonna move the, to the wide receiver position. So again, drafted as a top ten fantasy wide receiver in this year's draft, but currently sits just within the top twenty five with just under 100 fantasy PPR points coming from 41 catches, 506 yards, and only one touchdown on the year. Who am I? Is is it Julio Jones? He doesn't have any touchdowns yet, bro. Uh, I, thought he scored, I thought he scored one. Nah. Nope. Top 10, top 10 wide receiver, right? Drafted as a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, man, I'm going to go with Mike Evans. That's a good guess. Uh, that's a really good guess. So uh, this one is Keenan Allen. Uh yeah, he's having a he's having a weird year. A very weird, weird like, year. Yeah, I think I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. Yeah, you saw him get in a fight with Philip Rivers in the London game. Yeah, that's pretty. And he got pissed. He was well, really and, pissed. And just under 100 fantasy PPR points is pretty good, yeah. but only one touchdown. You know, so I think it's mostly because he's getting 41 catches and the yards. You know, but no production in the touchdown this year. Or in the end zone this year, which is really weird for Keenan Allen. And for as high as he was drafted, it's really sad to see him. To, yeah, it just goes to show you how good Melvin Gordon's having. You know, he's he's taking all those goal line touches, and I will uh, keep taking them. So, well, I mean, but me and Dom were like texting about it earlier, and it's like, what is the problem with the Chargers, or at least with individual receivers getting a lot of stats? Because Melvin Gordon's playing great, Eckler's even filling in really well, and Philip Rivers is playing good, but. Yeah. You know, weird like weeks with Tyrell Williams and I don't know. I think he's seeing a little bit more of the coverage. And then I think, like you said, Williams and, uh, Mike, Mike Williams, uh, stepping up a little bit. I think it's a combination of all three and then Gordon just getting all the touchdowns. Yeah. So, okay. Next one. We're going to keep it at the wide receiver. Softball one should be really easy. I uh, just want to, want you guys to get one right. Uh, 53 <laughs> catches, 812 yards. And zero touchdowns. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Yeah. Julio yeah. Jones. All right. I win. <laughs> I said it actually last time, so that counts for this one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's move to the running back position. This is someone who was drafted in the running back 25 range in fantasy, while his counterpart was drafted in the running back 12 range. And at the halfway point of the season, they've basically switched places. Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Boom. I don't even have to say the stats. You suck, Dominic. 38 carries, 184 yards, and one touchdown, but 328 receiving yards off of 29 receptions and two touchdowns. That could almost be uh, Lindsey and Freeman as well. That's what I was thinking right now. I was definitely thinking Lindsey, but I don't think Lindsey got drafted. Or if exactly. he was, it was really late. Exactly. So that's why I was kind of like, who is he talking about? Um, but no, Jordan Howard, man. I mean, it just, you can definitely tell that you have to have, be able to catch the ball out of the backfield if you're going to play in this kind of a Matt Nagy offense or like yeah. an Andy Reid offense. Um, they definitely want the running back to, to have that threat. So I think you're going to keep seeing Tariq Cohen playing more and more and, and better and better. And Jordan Howard, maybe, you know, he'll have a decent game sometimes, but he's going to be 100% touchdown dependent. Well, and what sucks is, Jordan Howard's a great example of a great real life running back and a bad fantasy running back this year, you know, cause he, he's moving the, he's moving the sticks. They're giving him, you know, first through sometimes third down carries and he's doing well on the football field. He's just not producing fantasy wise. Okay. So last one I got is a tight end. He's a currently sitting as a top five tight end with 33 catches, 357 yards and the league leading six touchdowns. Eric Ebron. Ebron. Ooh. Eric Ebron. Nice. Nice. Much better. Good finish, you guys. All right, Tommy. Let's uh let's move on now to Super Friends League Talk. The Super Friends League. Alright, guys, let's go do a quick recap of the games. Time to Eat was able to beat Mexicans 173 to 156. Brady's Brown Boys was able to defeat Stand Up Colin 143 to 76. Noble Savages won 172 over Armed Rodgery, who had 122 points. Watson Mackin on my girly won 142 to 100 against Jeebus Strikes Back. And lastly, The Godfather was able to beat The Expendables 135 to 124. All right, Tommy, give us the game of the week. So this week, we have one outright game of the week winner and two close runner-ups. So the week seven game of the week goes to Time to Eat for handing our host, Steven Bautista, his first loss of the season with the score, 173 to 156 and popping Steve's losing cherry just in time for prom so that you can really get a train run on him for the rest of the season. <laughs> That's messed up, man. You know what's funny about that is I was complaining to my wife after that Thursday night game. Shout out to Dominic for rubbing it in earlier, that Denver defense. And I told her, you know what, I've had a couple weeks where, you know, a player that I've been playing against has had a good player go off on uh, Thursday night. But when I saw the defense, 36 points, I'm like, man, that's the one position that it's really hard to overcome. And especially uh, in that game. Yeah, definitely. man. So, so yeah. So just to recap it really quick, Matt put up the second, the highest point total for the week, his second time this season. With two standout performances from the Denver defense, like you mentioned, Steve and Kareem Hunt, who both scored a whopping 36 points each. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, no one saw that Denver performance coming. And besides those two players, you know, the rest of his team kind of had pretty average performances, meeting their projections. And it was just a little bit too much for, for Steve to handle. So, hey, you walked into a buzzsaw. I hope this continues this week so we can kind of catch up to you. But a real quick mention to our two runner ups. 
Both myself and Jeff's team snapped a wicked losing streak and were able to finally celebrate in the win column this week. So hoping these trends all continue because it's looking good. Yeah. I, I, and I, like we talked about it last week, um, you know, these teams are, we're starting to play teams that we haven't played that are in the top and you're just going to start seeing it kind of even out. So now you and Jeff and Art and even Matt to an extent are kind of in a big just cluster of trying to get that sixth and fifth spot. So yeah, man, everyone's doing really well. Keep it up. Keep doing your trades. Tommy, talk a little bit about the trades, man. We've had like a ton of trades this week. You I mean, know, it's a, and the whole season, really. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, our, our, our man, uh, John Gruden really kicked it off, um, with that yeah. Mark Cooper trade. And then it was just like hotcakes. Like everyone's, everyone's selling everyone. So you, we've never in the, the eight year history of our league had this many trades go through all year, let alone by week eight. You know, so we've had a total of 14 trades already go through, you know, so just like great job, guys. You know, yeah. Well, look, John has like two trades. Yeah. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I like I like to make a shout out to uh, Rapoli and uh, Vince for trading. I'm glad to see other people that aren't trading a lot, but I think it was a great trade for both teams. I think uh, Vince teams get stronger um, with uh, picking up Josh Gordon, and then Rapoli's team gets more diverse, getting Lindsey and Galladay. I know uh, Vince has uh, the running back Kerryon Johnson, so he maybe didn't want two two Detroit Lions on him, but. I like to see two guys that don't really trade that much or haven't been in the past and both improving their team. So shout out to you guys. That was a great trade. I'm, I'm happy to see it. It's great for the league. Yeah. I and saw that trade and it was pretty good. And, and I, when I talked to Rapoli about it, he was telling me his reasonings and I, I agreed with him. And, and also like for him, you know, he, he gives away a starter, but he also gets two potential starters. And especially with Lindsay with a, uh, was Freeman having an ankle injury, you know, Lindsay's going to get majority of the share of the work now. So yeah. I agreed. Great trades with the, for those guys. And seeing these two for ones, you know, like Dom, you talked about a couple of weeks ago, like the, the two for ones in our league, especially don't look that great. But I think people, especially with the, the relatively limited availability of real talent on the waiver wire, I think people are really starting to look at these two for one trades as, you know, they're, they're improving their team in two spots, you know, and it's not about what they're giving up, but what they're getting. And they're, they're really seeing that. So, um, yeah, really great to see our league do it just because I think it makes the game a little bit more funner. You know, it adds another layer of gamemanship and, and strategy, you know, besides just like who you're going to start or who you're going to pick up. It's nice to see people finally pulling the trigger. Yeah, Tommy, I agree. Not, not to call you out, but uh, my freshman Spanish teacher, Miss Danker, always used to say this to me. Uh, funner is not a word. More fun, Tommy. More, more fun. fun. <laughs> much, much more fun. Much, much more funner. I'm sorry. I'm sure you get that from Morgan all the time. So I, I love Miss Danker. I had Miss Danker too. Spanish. Yeah. What's up, Miss Danker? If you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. You guys gonna get a free nuggets for anybody this week? My yeah, my free nugget this week. I'm gonna go back to my free nugget in the last week. I think John needs to train one of his two QBs. I don't know who he's higher on, Cam Newton or Andrew Luck. But you can only start one of them each week, and both of them are trending up right now. And I would say Andrew Luck because Cam Newton's already had his bye week. So exactly, I, I think John's yeah. leaning that way too. But Luck is—I mean, he's throwing the ball forty-five times a game, and his points are coming back up. So I think you need to get a good running back for it. But uh, that's my free nugget. Free nuggets. I got yeah. one for Fosberg, and I'm, I know we're kind of beating a dead horse, but I mean, try to shop Bell around. You know, maybe you can get something for him at this point. Free nuggets. You know, I know that uh, he didn't report this week. Uh, Connor's still going to be the starter this week. Um, but you never know. Maybe you get somebody that 
can stash him and, and is going to make a playoff run. So definitely it doesn't hurt to ask. You know, I, I think that's uh, that may be a good plan for him. Tommy, got any? Well, you know, going to uh, go back to John and, and getting rid of uh, someone like Andrew Luck. I mean, you can definitely still get some value for a team that's hurting. Um, I know Dominic's team, you know, he's not super happy about his uh, quarterback, but he is getting Mitch Trubisky, so maybe we'll go somewhere else. But, you know, there is someone else on the – there's a couple other quarterbacks that are starting to get a little more playing time and maybe are worth picking up, you know, if you're just looking for someone else to have. Uh, as a second quarterback on your roster, just in case, um, you might want to consider someone like Dak Prescott. Free nuggets. You might start throwing the ball a little bit more now that he has three decent receivers with uh, Cooper and Gallup and, and Cole Beasy still there. You know, like I said earlier, their play calling could even out and, and the offense just balance out kind of nicely. Two guys, two running backs I have this week. Um, another couple free nuggets for guys, if anybody's looking for running backs, is uh, Kenyon Barner for New England. Free nuggets. I talked to you guys about it a little bit before we started the podcast. You know, I think that the New England Patriots have a real good chance of getting up on the Bills and maybe kind of play it safe with James White since they only really only have two running backs right now. And then he may and Barner may get a lot of touches and play a lot against a really lousy uh, Buffalo team. So that's a good one. And also Doug Martin, you know, uh, John Cruden call him his feature back. Free nuggets. I know that offense hasn't been doing much, but like you say, Tommy, all the time, hey, he's a starter. You know, he'll be a starter. He's available uh, with Jalen Richard. So, I mean, they're kind of long shots, but if you're really desperate this week, I think those are two guys you can maybe try to pick up and, and start this week, at a, like at the flex position. Those are good ones, too, especially with uh, we're still in the height of bye weeks. So the next few weeks until like week 11, right. um, we still need to fill out that bench. <laughs> All right, let's make it hot in here with some blazing predictions. Blazing predictions. All right, guys, a quick uh, tally of the pickups from last week. Dominic was an impressive 5-0, and and uh, Tommy was second with only two correct, and I brought up the rear with one. I had a really bad week, obviously, last week in the pickums and in fantasy football. So um, right now, uh, Dominic is leading everybody with 20 correct, uh, and Tommy and myself are tied at 19. All right, guys, let's get into this. Uh, this is going to be an interesting week. Um, I, I think I uh, coined it. Uh, prove it week. Uh, we're getting a lot of good matchups against teams that are close in the league standings. Dominic, why don't you give everybody a uh, quick rundown of the league standings right now? Yeah, so we got Steve and myself are both six and one, but Steve's ranked number one because he's got almost 200 more fantasy points than me. Then we got Vince with the most fantasy points at number three at five and two. John fell to five and two with a loss to me. And then, uh, Time to eat. Matt is at four and three. Then we got Art at three and four. Tommy two and five. Jeff two and five. Aaron Fosberg two and five. Then Aaron Rapoli at the bottom with zero and seven. Come on, Aaron, let's do this. All right. So let's start this week with, in my opinion, what's the uh, biggest game of the week? Uh, it's Mexicans versus Watson Mackinamai Gurley. One versus two. All right, Tommy. Since you're the only one not in this one, why don't you start us off? I have Watson smacking all my girly over the Mexicans. The only reason I have them and I, what I think is going to be the difference maker in this game is the tight end battle. I think Trey Burton is a much better fantasy tight end than uh, Jordan Reed. And I think that's going to help Dominic get that win over the Mexicans and secure his spot in first place. Uh, is that because uh, he's projected a win by two points and Trey Burton has 12 and uh, Jordan Reed has 10? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
All right, let me tell you why I think I'm going to win. Uh, yes. Dom's opponents this year, stand-up Colin, 0-7, the Extendables, 3-4, uh, and four, Brady's Brown Boys, 2-5, and five, Armed Rogery, 2-5, and five, Time to Eat, 4-3, and three, Godfather, 2-5, and five, and Jeebus Strikes Back is 5-2. and two. So those players are combined for a record of 18-31. and 31. He only played two teams over 500, and all those players have a winning percentage of 37%. So that is why I feel like I am going to smash Watson Mackin on my girlie this week. Steve, I'm very happy that you picked yourself just because every time you picked against me, I've won. Um, and we talked about that before. Uh, I like those stats. I'd like to add that the only loss that I had was against Fosberg, and that's the one week where the Raiders wanted to show up. And sure enough, it was against me, and he had cooking <laughs> him already go off. So really, that's I should be point. undefeated. But again, my intimidation factor, I'm picking myself in this one. And I like Tommy's reasoning, but I think because Shaquan's going against Barkley's going against Washington, and I think Washington's D is sneaky good. Uh, it's ninth best against the rush this season. And then you got Ingram going against Minnesota. And I think Minnesota's <clears throat> defensive weakness is the speed of their linebackers covering guys like Kamara. So I think Kamara is going to have a bigger role. I think I squeak out a victory. Um, but I know I got to put up a lot of points to beat you. So I- I'm, I'm scared to start Watson tomorrow night just because if he does have a bad performance i gotta go and you know carry those that bad performance that's why i did trade for trubisky so i'm still going back and forth on who i'm going to start but i got me in this one all right so the next one we have next matchup is the expendables versus brady's brown boys uh it's six versus seven in the standings all right dominic start us off on this one yeah i got tommy in a blowout win 65 points being scored on sunday and monday night so it's not going to look like it's a blowout till, you know, later in the day. But uh, he'll have he'll have to sweat the morning games. But Tommy in a blowout. Yeah, you know, I think Art got unlucky with this one. Um, it's a really big game for him. But Tommy's matchups are incredible. Uh, he's got Tom Brady against Buffalo, uh, Michael Thomas against Minnesota, uh, Antonio Brown versus Cleveland, James White versus Buffalo, Connor versus Cleveland. I mean, even Njoku and Peterson against the Giants. You know. So I think that the matchups this week are uh, definitely in, in uh, Tommy's favor. So, yeah, I think he wins this one pretty easily. Tommy? So the only thing I'm worried about is I have, I think, five players all playing in, like, the same game or, like, the same two games. You know, it's, like, New England, yeah. Buffalo, and Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So I'm hoping it all goes well in those games. But the only person I'm worried about on – on um, Art's team is Tariq Cohen, but he's going against the Jets, so it might not be that great of a game. Also, Aaron Rodgers going against the Rams, I don't think is a good matchup for him. So I do not like picking myself, and I did pick myself last week, and I won, but I'm going to pick myself this week. All right. You're p- you're praying for weather, good weather in those games, Tommy. Yeah, and high points. You want the over on those, definitely. Yeah, might might have to pra- place a Bovada bet, too. <laughs> All right, the next one we have is the Godfather versus Jeeva Strikes Back. That's fourth versus eighth. However, they're both projected pretty closely. Um, Jeeva Strikes Back right now is at 129 and the Godfather is one, at 121. Um, but that is with uh, John not having a running back. So, free nugget, start a running back. Free nuggets. So, let's start with you, Tommy. Who do you have? Well, I think John's waiting to get the running back from my team, uh, Alex Collins, because we just executed a trade today. For Alex Collins and Demarius Thomas for Dalvin Cook, so I can stash him for week 11 to help me get to the playoffs and make my run to the championship this year. Yay! But I'm still going to take Jeepers Strikes back 
uh, on this one because Adam Thielen and DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, that's a killer receiver combo. And as much as I want Jeff to keep winning, I just don't see it. I just don't see it with this team. So Jeeva Shikes back this week. Yeah, I got Jeff in the upset of the week and solely because Russell Wilson at Detroit gets his first 30 point game. John, like you said, was starting Richard and Cook. That now that he's making that trade, it, it, it fixed it a little bit. And, uh, the only other thing that scares me a little bit is Miller had a good week last week, but I still don't trust him. But Jeff needed a, you know, a good floor guy. And then Taylor Gabriel in the slot. I hope he shows up for him because he's got Keenan Allen on the bye. I'm going to get Jeff in the upset on this one, but I think John's going to be the favorite. Yeah, I, that's crazy, man. I didn't know Russell Wilson, uh, hadn't had a 30 point game yet. That's incredible. But on this one, I'm going with John as well. I like his matchups, you know, besides the two receivers that are obviously very dominant. I like the Andrew Luck at Oakland. I think he's going to have a big game. But I also like Jalen Richard uh, that's playing with Oakland because I think he's uh, going to get a lot of catches trying to catch up, maybe a lot of garbage time points. And then also Jimmy Graham. And uh, I think Boyd bounces back nice this week against a weak Tampa Bay passing uh, defense. So, um, yeah, on, on the Godfather side, Lamar Miller, man, I can't believe, uh, you know, he had a good week last week. I, I just can't see it. I've never seen him go back to back. I think that was like the first 100-yard game he's had in like since 2016 or something like that, they said, with a touchdown. So, yeah, definitely Jeeva strikes back for me on this one. Do you guys think David Johnson has a good week now that they have Byron Leftwich in as the coordinator? I think so. I mean, I think that he comes from uh, Bruce Arians' uh, coaching tree. So, I think he's probably going to just do what he did is feed him the rock, you know, give him the ball as much as possible because he's so good. So I think, I don't know, I think you, you might see an uptick in production from all the the Cardinals offense. I mean, that's why I kind of picked Larry Fitzgerald up, you know, just as a, like maybe we'll see this week to see if he's plays a little bit better and maybe get a good wide receiver three out of it. What do you think, Dom? Yeah, I agree with you, Steve. I think Byron's a smart guy. And what do you do if you want to improve your team? You give it to your best guy. And so he's going to find more creative ways to get it to DJ. And so he's definitely going to have an uptick. I think uh, I'm still a little wary about Rosen being a rookie and some turnovers, but, uh, you know, having a new offensive coordinator, maybe the communication is a little lacking, but I definitely agree David Johnson is going to get the ball more because Byron wants to just do opposite of what uh, McCoy. McCoy, thank you. All right, guys. Next one's a big one, too. It's Noble Savages versus Time to Eat, three versus five. Uh, It's pretty close right now. Actually, not really. It's projected at 146 to 136. Um, but we all know, and I know as well, that Mads team uh, can go off at any time. So, uh, Dom, start us off in this one. I'm going to, if you guys will let me, I'm going to defer and just, if you guys have a consensus, pick the opposite. But I definitely think <laughs> I'm already calling this the game of the week. But uh, go, you guys go, and if you'll let me. No, and Dominic, go, go. You can't play oh, that no. game. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Tommy, go. You sound like you're going to make I'll it. Go. I'll go. I'll go. My brother. Oh, my brother. I love my I love my brother. You know, I, I, I do love my brother. I do love my brother's team. The only question mark I have on his team is just at his running back position. Uh Kamara is the man. It's just like we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh I don't I don't know if uh, all those other weapons kind of eat into his production. But uh like you said, Steve, um going against Minnesota, maybe that's a you know better fit for him uh, or a better matchup. Uh, and also, on Johnson, I, I think, is a really good running back, but can he have another second week of uh, of high production? But yeah, you know, Matt has a great team. Uh, Hunt, Edelman, Diggs can all go off. I think Yeldon's going to have a good game, too, but I'm still going to go with Noble Savages. Steve, you want me to go, or are you going to go? No, I'll go. 
I'm going to go with uh, Matt this week in the upset um, just because uh, I saw firsthand what his team can do. Um, and it's pretty scary, man. I mean, it's pretty scary. I think Kareem Hunt is coming coming along pretty well. He started really slow to the year, and I kind of was questioning why he would draft them. You know, I don't know. I thought maybe there was better players, but, um, you know, Kareem Hunt's had some pretty good games back to back. The only one I would say I'm kind of like questionable is TJ Yeldon. I mean, I know he has all three Jaguar running backs, so maybe make a move there or something. That would be my only suggestion. I like his matchups, though, um, with Brandon Cooks against Green Bay and Kelsey versus Denver. Um, so I think those guys have big games. Um, and Noble Savages, obviously, their t- his team is stacked. But, um, you know, I just think Matt maybe edges it out this week. That's interesting, Steve, what you said about Matt drafting. You being surprised Matt drafted Kareem Hunt early after hearing what Dominic reported on that. He wanted to go for Kamara, and that kind of messed up his whole draft strategy. But I guess it's kind of working out, right? Yeah, right now it is, definitely. Yeah, so I'll split the tie, and I'm going to go with Vince. And solely because he'll be starting Gordon in his slot, I'm guessing, over Deshaun Jackson. I think that was his one weak point. And like I said, I think he made a great trade. And so that's the the sole reason that they have the best tight end matchup of the year, uh, Kelsey versus Ertz. So that's going to be yeah. interesting who wins that tight end matchup. You know Kelsey sometimes going to have a small game just because there's so many mouths to feed. But Zach Ertz, I think I saw a stat. He would be wide receiver number eight right now wow. as a tight end. And, I mean, there's some guys with buys, so it's a little bit mis- misleading. But he's getting the targets there in Philly for sure. Okay, guys, last game is 9 versus 10, Arm Rodgery versus Stand-Up Colin, the Aaron Bowl. And uh, the commish has let me know that we have, uh, and we have a little Samak Talk message from the guys. All right, so here's Fosberg's. Hey, hey, Ron. I'm coming for you. There's only one. Let's go, let's go! Wow. And then here's uh, here's what Pulley's. Yeah, it's a big week this week. The uh, Aaron Bowl. Uh, I got a lot riding on this because I have yet to get a win. Fosberg, I don't know. His team's terrible uh, as well. Um, So we both have a lot riding on it. Yet I think it would really just make things even worse for him if he loses to an 0-17. Uh, I really want this win uh, after the shenanigans he pulled at the draft. I think we all know what happened. And uh, I just really need it. You know, my team, we're making some changes. we got some trades. We're switching the lineup around. And uh, hopefully this is the week. With that being said, it's not if we're going to beat Fosberg this week, but it's by how bad. I'm coming for you, Fosberg. You're mine. Wow, that was intense. <laughs> I, I like I the line, the, the old school modern day line uh, from uh, Ryan Khalil when we played him yeah. when he was at Servite. You know, and infamous quote in the Orange County Register. It's not, but it's not if we're going to beat modern day, but by how bad. And we all know how that one turned out. Hopefully it's a little bit better for Ropoli. Did Fosberg hit somebody with his car? So what was that old man yelling (laughs) or something? (laughs) Yeah. My suggestion to Fosberg would be to tell your daughters to turn down frozen in the background when you're trying to (laughs) snap on. All right. That's good stuff, man. So Tommy, go ahead and pick it, man. Who do you got this week? Uh, I have armed Rodgery over stand-up Colin in this one. Uh, right now, it's projected at 135 to 114. I think Aaron makes his team a little bit better with the trades he's going to get from from Vince, especially uh, 
with Sonny Michelle now hurt and, and doubtful for this week. Um, but I think uh, overall, Foster team isn't bad. Yeah, has CJ, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and Joe Mixon, and, and AJ Green. So I think they all have good weeks this week. So I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. All right, man. I'm going for the upset on this one. I think um, Philip Lindsay is going to have a huge game, which we're poorly traded for, which is huge. I also like the matchup for Big Ben against Cleveland at home, um, as well as Sammy Watkins. Um, and I like his pickup at Vance, uh, Vance McDonald. The only thing I would tell him is probably not to get rid of Allen Robinson. I think that guy's a pretty good receiver that you might want to just keep on his uh, on his bench for a little bit. And the reason I think he's going to win is because I'm looking at Fosberg's matchups, man. And it's Carson Wentz at Jacksonville. AJ Green has AJ Green has a pretty good one versus Tampa Bay, but Will Fuller hasn't really produced. McCaffrey against Baltimore, you know, that's not the uh, the greatest matchup. So I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Rapoli this week. Yeah, originally I had uh, Fosberg in this one actually because of his matchups. Uh, Mac versus Oakland, I think, is going to have another great game. And then Mixon versus the Tampa Bay pay run defense. But after that smack talk, man, I really want to pull for, for Ropoli on this one. Can we, can we decide? Pump me up. I know. Can we decide, though, that whoever wins this game, uh, the loser has to drop an A off of them and so that one will go by Aaron, the other one can be Aaron. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. Text back and forth, I, I, I get them confused sometimes because I have them both as Aaron in my phone. But I do think for Rapoli to pull the upset, he needs to get double digits from Sammy Watkins and his tight end. I think it's possible, like Steve said. Uh, so I'm going to. I'm hard, actually hard. I'm, I'm going to switch my vote. I'm going to go with Rapoli on this one. I, I, I had Fosberg in my notes, but really the smack talk got me. Uh, hey, I think they, call it, was, they call it blazing predictions for, for a reason, man. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I, let's go. I, you know, I, I'm just going to disagree with you on that Sammy Watkins one. I think Sammy's uh, a huge bust uh, for Kansas City, especially with the other weapons they have on that team. And I, I think the other pickups are really good. And I think he, the matchups you guys talk about are we're definitely spot on. I just think Watkins is junk. All right, guys, that does it for this week's podcast. Uh, if you like what you li- are listening to, uh, please rate us and review our show on iTunes. And you can also follow us on SoundCloud. And as always, please leave any comments or questions in our Yahoo Fantasy app. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. I'm at FB Savant 7075. And I'm at TMO52 underscore. And I'm at Yeast Mode 24. All right, guys, it's Prove It Week. Get it done, baby. Bye. Wish I won the pack. Holding my girls, so the wappers get lost. <laughs>